listening to the Fitness Essentials Podcast powered by Essential of Athletics, the podcast for people just like you looking for the best fitness, sports performance, strength, and conditioning information possible. From strength gain to fat loss, rehab to prehab, sports to lifestyle, the Fitness Essentials Podcast has everything. Remember, not only to subscribe to this podcast, but also check out our Essential of Athletics YouTube channel for more exciting information-packed videos and working advice, training tips, exercise techniques, and so much more. Welcome to the Fitness Essentials Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Fitness Essentials Podcast. I'm your host, Roy Alexander. I'm here with... Coach Adam Colorado. Coach Adam Colorado. And today's episode is brought to you by us, the EOA Gym right here in Vancouver, Canada, and also by the EOA School of Fitness. So if you happen to be a personal trainer or interested in anything to do with training, then we also do personal training certifications as well as CEC courses that are approved by, of course, our... um, you know, our personal training course that we do currently is the NAFC. So all of our courses are registered by them, as well as we are working on CanFit Pro as well. So hopefully with that rocking. And then you never know, with some time, we're probably looking at getting Ace as well, I would think. I think Ace is going to be a good one to add Get them all. You know it. So, yeah, so that's who today's show is brought to you by. So if you're looking for, you know, a gym to come and do classes or personal training, of course, you can always check out EOA. And if you're interested in the more professional side of fitness, then you can check out the EOA School of Fitness. And both of those are available at www.essentialsofathletics.com. Awesome. So today, we're just going to get right into it today. Uh, we're going to try to keep these to about 30 minutes if we can. Uh, we tend to t- go over those quite a bit, but we're going to see what we can do. And today we have, I believe it's three questions at least. We might get into a fourth, but what we're going to talk about today is the first topic we want to talk about is hard gainers. Okay. So these are people that, you know, well, maybe or maybe not have a hard time gaining weight. Now, we're going to find out today what exactly it is that makes a hard gainer a hard gainer. And I am technically a hard gainer. So we can go into that, but I have a genetic report to prove it. I was always wondering why I was a hard gainer. However, I also know a lot of people who are hard gainers that aren't really. For instance, Thomas at the front desk. He likes mm. to think he's a hard gainer. And then I find out, what did you eat? Oh, I had like a slice of bread for breakfast this morning. <laughs> so we are going to talk about hard gainers. And uh, this is a topic you really like. So I'm going to let you jump into this one, Adam. I mean, I think the number one thing, I think everybody just likes to label things that are, uh, that's going to be a problem. All right. So if you your mindset is you're a hard gainer and you're going to the gym and you're trying to build muscle and that's already in your mind before you walk through the doors... That's that's going to be trouble. Just the negative mindset's never going to be good there. So getting results is going to be an uphill battle. So that's number one. Um, the second thing I would have to say with the hard gainer, I think everybody's a hard gainer to some degree. I mean, putting on muscle is not easy. I don't care who it is. Um, it's still going to be challenging. You're still going to have to have that discipline with your nutrition. Uh, you're still going to have to train really, really hard and train really, really smart. So it doesn't really matter. I know with me, uh, my joints are actually really small. I mean, it's just 
plugging away over a decade worth of training, uh, getting better every day with, you know, learning as much as I can. Those have been the things and just, uh, you know, trial and error, see what works. So a lot of people, I find that their training methods, uh, they just stick to one method. And if that doesn't work, then that's exactly what happens. They just get frustrated and quit. So I think the, the combination, you just got to see what works for you and then you go from there. Exactly. Now, there is, you know, there is kind of a, who do you see as, you know, as um, hard gainers a lot? It does tend to be the taller guys, such as Thomas, who's just walked into the room. We were talking about you a moment ago, Thomas. Say hello to the world. Hello. Come on <laughs> over. Grab, grab Adam's microphone for a second. So there you go. See what they yeah, can just <laughs> jump in. We're gonna oh, we're gonna bring, we up, a, a we're gonna bring on a special sudden, guest man. today. I was like, well, I was like, you know, we're talking Crazy. about hard gainers, and we have a hard gainer here. So Thomas, grab a seat. All right, this is Thomas, everybody, and Thomas is a classic hard gainer. Are you not, Thomas? I am indeed. All right. So now you you and me have talked before about you being a hard gainer. Um, Tell us a little bit about, because I think I see a big mistake that most hard gainers make. Can you tell us today, you are trying to gain weight currently. I am indeed. Okay. So today is Sunday. It is now one o'clock in the afternoon. Let's go through everything you've eaten today since you woke up this morning. All right. uh, So today I just had a couple slices of toast, peanut butter on it. Um, That got a bagel from Tim's and yeah, that's, that's pretty much about it. A protein shake as well. All right. So right now I'm giving you that look, right? That look look. of, I can't gain weight. And this morning (laughs) I've had a total of five slices of bread and a protein shake. That gets my point. (laughs) Most hard gainers that I meet, we're not even sure if they're hard gainers yet. It's their nutrition. Now, how old are you, Thomas? I am 18. You are 18 years old and you've had five slices of bread today. And a protein yes, shake. Yes, yes. Okay. A bit embarrassing. <laughs> now, how many days a week do you train? Uh, train, I would say around four to five, uh, oh, three to five. Three to five days a week. Yes. And would you say today is sort of a typical day of eating for you? Um, it depends. Like on days I don't work, I tend to eat more than days I do work. Okay. So um, give me an example of a, like the other day when you did not work. Let's hear what that meal was like. Uh, so wake up, maybe three, four eggs, protein shake for breakfast. Three or uh, four eggs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, protein shake, uh, shake for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, some toast as well. Um, some rice dish for lunch and uh, um, for dinner. Oof, I'm not sure. I like to eat out a lot. I'll, I'll admit uh, meal prepping for me, a little bit of a problem. So um, maybe some sushi, pizza. Okay. Something like that. All right. So a little bit more calories that day. Yeah. But still, to be honest, it doesn't sound like a whole lot of exactly. calories. So one of the things you see, so this brings up a second point. One of the points is that most hard gainers that I meet tend to not eat enough calories, right? Mm-hmm. Just period. The second thing they do is you hear a lot of stories like you. Well, days I'm off, I eat more, but the days I'm not on... Mm-hmm. So you're very inconsistent with your eating. Inconsistency, yeah. Yeah. And when you're trying to put on mass and size, you must be consistent every single Mm -hmm. day. Now, again, you're also 18, so your metabolism is going to be quite a bit high because you're still the bones and everything are still growing. You're still literally getting taller as we speak. Um, and then of course you're also going to your, if we don't, you guys don't wear, you usually what your age, you don't wear a lot of step trackers and stuff like that. No, exactly. But I can guarantee that your, your activity is probably pretty high because you're probably out of the house a lot, hanging with friends, doing stuff. Would you say? Yeah, I would say higher than the, uh, 
average person my age. I yeah. don't know, but like how much? Yeah, higher, but, but we can, I could estimate that you're probably getting in around minimum about fifteen thousand steps a day to fifteen thousand. Uh, uh, it really depends if I do uh, go on the treadmill or not. Okay, and do you <laughs> and do you play any sports outside of here or anything like that as well? Uh, any? Uh, not any competitive sports. I like doing um, uh, skiing when I can. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe just a little bit of running as well, but uh, other, gotcha. no, no competitive sports. Gotcha. And let's talk about your training for a minute, really quickly. Just like, how's your split work? Split work? Uh, I'd say it's pretty good. I just split my um, workouts into upper body and lower body day, generally. Okay. Um, I have a coach, and he uh, pretty much tells me, like, what I should work on for the two weeks at a time. Okay. Yeah, I see him every two weeks around there. Gotcha. And so over the last, um, let's say six months, mm-hmm. how is your weight gain process gone? My weight gain? Um, so I went from probably around 160 to I'm around 175, 180. Depends how big a meal I had. Okay. Right. <laughs> awesome. So you're start. So it's starting. Yeah, so, so it's starting 15 to pounds the last, I'd say six, eight months. Which gotcha. Is, yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. No. All right, cool. Well, thank you, Thomas, right, thank for you. stopping by the podcast. Yeah, thanks a lot. All right. See you later. <laughs> you can listen to this episode after because we're going to talk more about you. Will do. Yep. <laughs> Welcome back, Adam. Almost lost my job here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured, you know what? We're talking about hard gators, and I've talked to Thomas in the past. And last, I think I said, like, last time I talked to him, he ate toast. And today he ate toast. My, <laughs> he, eats my, to- he eats toast. I think my biggest advice would be to anybody, do it for 12 months consistently, day in, day out, and work on that nutrition and tell me if you're a hard gainer or not. I think you would be surprised. Like so far, what I've heard from him again is that his protein today uh, was basically, he's probably at about 20 grams of protein yeah. if we were to consider the scoop because there's none in the toast. There's none in the bagel. There's maybe three grams in the peanut butter. Yeah. Uh, and maybe 20 grams of protein. For a guy who's 18 years old trying to put away, I would say by this time of day, even though it's 1 o'clock, he should probably be closer to 80. And with <laughs> athletes, especially uh, I played basketball all throughout high school, I mean, you just run yourself to the floor, the amount of calories you're burning in practice. Um, you need even more calories just to maintain that weight. So uh, that's the thing. Uh, a lot of people in high school or just outside of high school playing a lot of sports, I mean, they don't take that in consideration as well. No, and Thomas, how tall are you? Okay, so there. So you see, me and Thomas are about the same because when I was in high school, by the time I was in grade ten, I was already six foot four. So damn, you know, yeah. So uh, like, me and Thomas had the exact same thing. And when you're eighteen, nineteen, twenty, that literally describes what you're. I, I was probably some pop tarts. That's probably yeah. pop tarts for breakfast since I got the crunch. Yeah. But that really describes it, right? Pizza for lunch. So one of the first things hard gainers is is. The nutrition. They got to get the nutrition tied down, especially I've talked to guys before, hard gainers that do construction and stuff like that. Oh, and yeah. it's like they're <laughs> out there, they're burning, they're 20, 30,000 steps a day, lifting things, carrying things. Your nutrition has to be on track, meaning not just you got to be getting in the calories. Yes. So I would say probably about 3,000 calories a day is something that I would aim for with somebody like a Thomas or even myself when I was younger, followed by making sure your protein is up there at probably one gram per amount you want to weigh. So mm-hmm. we didn't actually talk about Thomas's goal, but let's say he wants to reach 200. Let's just say he wants yeah. to reach 200 pounds. Then his protein is actually should be around, probably around that 180 to 100 and 200 grams of protein a day is what he should be aiming for. 
Uh, and then again, like we said, it must be consistent. There's zero point getting 200 grams of protein today, followed by you know 40 grams of protein tomorrow. And then, of course, what do you suggest when it comes to training for um, hard gainers? Would you, like, are you going to have them focus more on intensity, focus more on frequency, uh, volume? Like, how would you split up? Like, if, let's just say Thomas came to you as your client, and we could fix his nutrition. He listened to us, and, and boom, it, his nutrition and was on. It sounds like he doesn't do any sports specifics, so he's just looking. Well, I would have to find out exactly where he's looking to build, but just in general, um, yeah, I think he work on the the compound movements uh, the big three there for sure starting off because that's going to hit the most muscle groups and um, I think that's going to hit the most uh, testosterone uh, that you can be uh, helping to build as well um, so I think that would be good and then time under tension I'm a huge fan of that so uh, I, I think you know lasting they're making those sets last you know a minute and just keeping them slow controlled uh, that'd be a good way that you could build that muscle yeah, and as somebody who's you know comes from experience of it being somebody just like him, you know those uh, the bro splits like chest and sh you know chest day back day that doesn't work. I mean, I did that for like ten years, literally. For me, what's worked really well, and even I've only discovered this even in the last year or two, is more focusing on frequency. So even I tend to do now, I was doing for a little while, full body days, about three or four days a week. And then I've switched it up to sort of what he's doing now, which is sort of a, an upper, lower, upper, lower. Um, but for me, the frequencies made the biggest difference, you know, and also because taller guys who tend to be hard gainers, you know, we have very long, you know, we have long quad, long femurs, you know, long arms, you know. Doing things like chin-ups instead of doing things like pull-ups, like uh, sorry, instead of things like bicep curls, mm. has been a big helper. Like you said, really narrowing in on those compound exercises. Um, but again, even doing arms like three, four days a week. But yeah. we're not blasting the arms. Like I'm not going in the gym and just like I'm, my elbows aren't sore because I'm mm. like just curling like crazy and just like ripping myself. But even on leg day, I'll go in and I go, okay, so I did. Um, I did some chin-ups on the Monday, and I did some curls and stuff. On Tuesday, I'll still do a few chin-ups. I might just do two sets of chin-ups, right? And I just try to do chin-ups as much as I can. I pretty much do them every time I'm in the gym. Just mm -hmm. a couple sets to failure, not nothing crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so frequency would be another big one when it comes to hard gainers. Um, now, hard gainers, they also tend to, for some reason, I don't know what it is, they just, they're just never really that hungry. So... One of the best things I think you could do is when it comes to supplements is getting yourself, especially if you know you're busy, is getting yourself like some a decent weight gainer powder. I know a lot of people hate on those because a lot of them are just full of sugar and crap. Mm. But we got two sides of the coin here. Number one. Hard gainers just need as many calories as they can, and they tend to be a little bit younger. You know, the average hard gainer here is about that 17 to about 25, 26 for the most part. So they can kind of get away with that sort of stuff. But I would say if you could get yourself a good quality weight gainer, like um, Iron Vegan makes one that's actually really good. They make a really good quality one that uses all complex carbohydrates. Really good. It's got omega-3s in it. Um, it's lots of fiber. It's just, it's a really good quality weight gainer powder, but those are going to help a lot. And then, you know, doing things like mixing it in with say maybe some whole milk, you know, not going that the skim model route. A lot of hard gainers, 
at the same time, they're always afraid of getting fat. You know, oh, I don't want to get fat. I don't want to get no. fat. It's like, <laughs> you're, you're not going to get fat. Like, yeah. it's not going to happen. It, that might even be a good thing for you for a little while. <laughs> we could get you a little bit fat. Well, I think the, uh, yeah, if you could get a, you know, good clean protein and even get, you know, a, a carb uh, drink like a pentacarb from ATP, I find it's really cl uh, clean. Um, just do the combination of both. I think that'd be good because, like you said, there are a lot of um, just uh, weight gainers that just a ton of sugar in them. It's multidextrin. And, uh, yeah, so I'd be a little careful or cautious on that um, because at the end of the day, that's not a good route to go either, yeah. even though you would gain some weight, it's going to probably be equivalent to fat, right? So mm. just finding the right well, especially supplement Especially if your training for program isn't very good. Yeah. I so mean, <laughs> you are going in there and doing like chest day. I went to high school with the guy who took an all-weight gainer, and he didn't work out hard, and it was just all fat at the end of the day, but he did gain some size to it. So, <laughs> But uh, for each their own, I guess, right? Yeah. But, so, you know, like we said, so it's so let's so the takeaways here. Number one takeaway, if you are, if you're, if you're listening to this right now and you're like, yeah, man, I'm a hard gainer and I've done everything. Okay, you haven't done everything. This is what you're going to do. Because well, I guarantee you, what, what have you not done? You have not tracked your nutrition. You've not done that. You've done everything in the gym. You've probably done CrossFit, Orange Theory, F45. You've probably done bodybuilding. You've watched this. You've watched that. You've watched every Jay Cutler video, Roddy Coleman video. You've watched a lot on YouTube. I'll give you that. You've listened to a lot of podcasts. Okay? You've, got, you've done lots of information. But now I want you to track, and I want you to track your nutrition consistently every single day for at least two weeks. So go get yourself a Fitbit, and not a Fitbit. Um, what's that website you go to? Um, there's that you know that popular app that everybody uses to track their nutrition. My Fitness Pal. Yeah. Thank you. Get yourself a My Fitness Pal and start tracking your nutrition consistently. That's going to be the big one. Number two, make sure when you go to the gym, you are focusing more on volume, getting in lots of volume, but through frequency. Don't go to the gym and just have like 10 sets of chest on chest day, right? Break it up into maybe three sets of chest on three different days. You know, maybe it's a flat day one day and it's an incline day the next day. And then maybe the third day is more just like a dip where you're hitting the chest, but it's not specifically the chest only. And you'll probably find you'll get a lot better results if you just do those two things. And another product you might want to look into is some creatine. And again... A lot of people say creatine doesn't work for me, creatine doesn't work. Well, what I have found actually is creatine does work, but again, hard gainers because they tend not to eat a lot, but they also tend not to drink a lot of water. So just like me, I'm not a big water drinker, but when I'm on creatine, I force myself to be. The thing about creatine is you need to be drinking lots of water for it to work, like four to five liters a day. Like I guarantee you, right, if I went up to the front desk right now, I bet you Thomas doesn't have a bottle of water there. I bet you he hasn't had any since he got here. <laughs> just hating on him. <laughs> I'm not hating on him. I'm hoping he listens to this and goes, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a probably a good idea too. But some creatine with lots of water would help. And I know because I don't drink enough water. <laughs> I think moral of the story um, – People will find a way, you know, they could be in the same shoes as you and uh, somebody can get amazing results and somebody doesn't. I um, mean, I look back uh, a comparison. Mike Tyson said back in the day he should never have been heavyweight champion because he's got these short arms. But what did he do? He figured out how he can make that his advantage. You know, he brought the fights in tight and that's how he's knocked everybody out. Right. So there's a way to. 
uh, get those results and make it work for you. So that's yeah. what you got to think. And if you feel like you're doing everything right, then it may be worth getting a DNA test done too. I mean, a DNA test is quite good. So my DNA test literally tells me I'm a hard gainer. So what are the two things I got out of my DNA test that told me that? Number one, my DNA for power exercises or building muscle is low. So I have a variant where basically it just says you do not respond well to power and heavy exercise as far as building muscle. So that's one. Ugh, that sucks. The other variant that I have is my body doesn't utilize protein very well. So the two things I decided to do from there was number one, that's when I just said, you know what? Instead of just doing three, four days of the week, I'm going to bump it up to five or even six. That's where I bumped up the frequency, right? Because I said, okay, I just have to be under more tension all the time. Like I have to fight through this genetic issue. The second thing was the protein. I would, one of those people, again, a lot of hard gainers do this too, get up in the morning and I do like to train on a, you know, quote unquote empty stomach. I don't like to eat when I'm, you know, don't like to train when I'm full. But... Having a scoop of whey protein in a cup of water, you're not going to be full and it's going to really spike that amino acids into the bloodstream. And I found since I started doing that, really making sure that I'm getting in technically more protein than I normally suggest to people only because I'm not very good with protein, making sure my protein sources are again very good and kind of having that pre-workout protein has made a big difference for me as well. And I'm not saying you know, I'm not got huge off it, but for the amount of training I did, it, if I'd start that years ago, I'd probably be better off. Mm -hmm. So anyways, that's it when it comes to hard gainers, as far as I got. So the next question we got, this is one you hear a lot. Okay. And this recently came in from a uh, 47 year old client um, who was basically asking about some personal training and you probably, many of you will relate to this. So I've been doing a lot of training at home, a 20 minute, 30 minute hit workouts, kettlebells, TRXs, circuits, you know, body weight stuff, uh, doing some yoga and uh, just not getting any results anymore. Like I'm doing it consistently four days a week, even five days a week. Sometimes it, you know, at the beginning, yeah, I lost my 10 pounds, you know, and it was great. It was working really well. And then it just has stopped for months now. Um, what can I do? I don't you know, like, wh where am I going wrong? That's basically what the email tried to say. So this is something we see a lot, right? And the reason for this, I'll give you an example that's probably pretty good. My dad has always been kind of an overweighty dude. Um, and I remember back when I was in my teens, probably about 17, I remember he just started taking walks after dinner because he was not a walker at all. Mm. So he lost about 20 pounds just taking walks after dinner. Right. But again, what eventually happens is it just stops there. Right. The body catches up to it really quickly because what everybody is skipping when I hear this story is a very probably the most important rule when it comes to training and not exercise, which is something we push at our gym here and in our coaching programs. We push that a lot. In fact, I can see it written twice. Ahead of me down there, it says train, do not exercise in big red letters. And on this wall over here, this says exercise and training are not the same thing. So what this guy was doing is he is just exercising, right? Just moving his body, which is better than doing nothing, but it stops. The first rule when it comes to exercise is called, probably the golden rule, is called progressive 
overload. And this is what I would say 90 plus percent of people in the gym ignore, depending on which gym you're at. Here, not, here's not as bad because um, we do have a lot of professional athletes and people who get coaching, right? Because we have a lot more coaching and stuff like that. But if I was to walk into a fitness world, uh, Good Life and LA Fitness, any of those big box gyms, if you're listening to this in the States, you know, I don't know who, what they are down there. But you are going to realize that about 90% of people have compl- they're just exercising, they're not training. Anybody who's in those classes, you know, we've, we've, we've hated on classes before, no. exercising, not training. So I'm going to let Adam tell us a little bit about what progressive overload is, and then we'll talk about different ways that you can make it happen because it's not just about weight. Well, I just want to uh, back up for a second and mm. say with the, the group classes, um, you see a lot of commercial gyms. Uh, they're very up-tempo. They just try to make you sweat um, and get you out of there as quick as possible. And they basically do the exact same routine every single time. And even the instructors aren't in shape and they do that class like multiple times i've oh, seen a lot get, of times we're get hate mail for that. oh i've seen a, i'm not saying all of them but i'm saying <laughs> i've seen i've seen in my past years um how can you exercise so much but they don't change anything whatsoever right it's just at it. it's yeah so your body will ad- adapt to anything you do it doesn't matter and everybody has that honeymoon stage of uh making progress just because you went from nothing to doing something right it's just like you were same with the the walks mm-hmm. at night you know we went from sitting on the couch to now doing something and now you've done something and now you've got to change it because your body adapts so quickly it's like adapt it's, to everything it's you like do, when so. you start fighting right when you start doing something like muay thai at the beginning oh my god it's so hard because you you just suck at throwing punches you're yeah. putting in too much energy right you're you're dropping your hands and constantly getting yelled at to put them up your feet's wrong but after a couple months you're like, oh man, it becomes so easy. And you think, mm-hmm. oh, I must be in such better shape. Well, yeah, there's some shape there, but it's also, you've just become really efficient at the exercise. And when it comes to burning calories, efficiency is the enemy. It really is. Efficiency is the enemy. It's like having a more efficient gas tank in your car, right? Mm-hmm. It uses less gas, which is great on the wallet, right? For a car, it's good. But if we're looking at our body and fat stores is our gasoline, do mm-hmm. we want a tank that saves fuel? No. So this is why I always talk a lot about but efficiency is usually good in most cases, except when it comes to exercise. Yeah. So saying that solution is going to be in what we've seen in our classes as well as uh, we change the phases of training. And with that, um, people, their bodies get shocked. They get to adapt to it. And then we're on to the next phase. So that's why people are seeing a lot of results with that because we keep changing it up. We keep changing the stimulus, the exercises, um, the frequency, intensity, everything, right? Yeah. Let, let's touch on that for real because we just don't want to confuse people to just think because people will say, well, well, in CrossFit, you just come in, you do a new exercise every day. You do a new workout every day. We're not talking about just changing exercise. We're not talking about the entertainment value of changing exercises, right? Big mistake a lot of people make, they go to the gyms. There's two mistakes people make. The two big ones, and there's two, you know, is the people who don't ever change, right? They just do the same thing. You walk into a good life, any of the big box gyms, and you can say, hey, man, can I see your program? Oh, I just do the same thing for the last six years. Right? So there's the people who don't change at all, right? It's just baseline. It's like dead. Then you got the people who change every day, 
right? Yeah. It's, oh, I just bench press yesterday and this today and that tomorrow. And I won't do bench press because I already did that. So it's a muscle confusion, mm-hmm. you know, muscle to confusion. The extreme, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, that's, that is not what we're talking about. So it comes down to progressive overload, which is really just... I guess it's almost hard to explain because the two words are what they are. Progressively means over time. So, you know, kind of day by day, week by week, time by time. So progressively overloading or adding a new stimulus or a additional stimulus to the muscles, right? So the easiest one, right, would be weights. So for going back to that guy who's never changed in six years, Say, okay, I want you to go 10% heavier on everything you're doing today. And then the next week after that, 5% heavier. And the next week after that, 5% heavier. Now, here's the thing though, right? That only works for so long, Yeah, right? It's not endless. No, I wish it was. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Where did you end your deadlift at? Uh, 871, but saying that. 871. It could have been more. It could have been. But anyways, (laughs) how come you weren't doing 3,000 pounds? I mean, did you progressively uh, overload with weight every day? <laughs> I mean, only in the fantasy land, but you yeah. know. <laughs> so you can't just keep going up with weight all the time, right? So what are other things that you could change for progressive overload then? Uh, working on the eccentric portion of the lift. You so can definitely, speed. in the speed of that, uh, you know, isometrics, we've talked about that on the uh, mm-hmm. podcast quite a bit as well. You can change um, the range of motions. Range of motion. We could be doing, uh, you know, supersets, tri-sets, all kinds of different you things. You could be so. doing partials, right? Mm-hmm. So partials, basically, like sometimes what I'll do is I lie down on the bench press and I put a yoga block on my chest. Now, my max bench press, last I checked, I believe, for full range of motion from top to touch to top was about 265, right? But I can get about 285 if I use the board, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm basically only letting me go down about 60% of the movement. So I can get lots of motion through the strong area, but it knocks out the weak area. So people say, well, what's the point of that? Well, the point is it's still getting you stronger at a strong area, right? Which in turn over time will get you stronger, period. However, you still got to make sure you're still doing full range of motions all the time. Yeah. So you can work on Can't the- Can't be ego lifting. You got to no. do the combination of the both and use it as a tool. Right? Yeah. So you can play with range of motions, right? And like I said, you can play with speed. You can even play with like the lever lengths, like the inclines and stuff. You could take your bench press and put it up by 10%, right? And then you're changing the way it hits the muscles slightly differently. Yep. So what you see with guys like this in the, getting back to you know our client question is that he was just doing the same weights and the same reps around and around and if you don't go up and wait at some point like again here's the thing he could say okay well i've been doing 30 kettlebell swings i'll go up to 40 kettlebell swings okay sure you can do that Let, let's do that let's play with that for a while let's go to 40 kettlebell swings next week and then the week after that let's go to 50. by now you must have heard of all the amazing benefits of hitting the sauna at least a couple times a week From decreasing chronic stress, boosting muscle, increasing deep tissue and brain detoxification, improving sleep, relieving pain, and even helping you live longer. That is quite the list, and that is not even close to all the benefits. 
but there are huge differences in the quality of infrared saunas. Differences that can literally be the difference between getting healthier or getting sicker. I mean, do you really think you can hop onto Alibaba and order some cheap sauna from some untraceable factory in China and expect it to be solid quality? I think you know that answer. And this is why you need to invest in only the best infrared sauna money can buy. And those are Radiant Health Saunas, a trusted Western Canadian home sauna brand. Founder Randy Gom has completed third-party comprehensive 100-point health testing on his saunas, covering everything from toxic chemicals and fumes to electronic radiations. He has made sure there is zero off-gassing, zero toxins, equal heat distribution, and only uses pure Canadian hemlock wood with the absolute lowest near-zero EMFs possible. Ridiculously clean. Even heat distribution, no toxins, nearly zero EMFs with one and two person models that can be plugged directly into your existing home wall outlets, cost about only 40 cents to run for an entire hour, and there's a model to fit any space you have. We want to make sure you get only the best infrared sauna and Radiant Health Saunas is the clear winner bar none and are one of the best investments you can make to your long-term health. Check them out at www.radianthealthsaunas.com. Then once you know which model you want, tell them that the Fitness Essentials podcast sent you and you will save $500 off any wooden model. Yes, you heard that right. $500 off any wooden model of their top quality infrared saunas. And now with that said, let's get back to Fitness Essentials. You guys are getting where we're going, right? You just can't keep doing that either because he'll be at, within six months, he'll be at 300 swings, you know, and 300 push-ups. Again, you could change, like we said, the sets, the reps, the weight, the speed. There's lots of things you can play with, and you do have to change them all over time, right? You just can't keep focusing on eccentric forever because what, are you going to lower it down over a minute? I mean, that's not Mm. possible either. So you're constantly playing around with aggressive overload. But... One of the things that you must do is you must have a program, usually, and I'll be honest, typed out or written out by a professional coach, right, who puts all this sort of stuff together and then throws it into usually a block. And that block of time is going to be X amount of time. So when this uh, gentleman does come in, which by the time you listen to this, he'll be long since he came in, but this is exactly what we are going to sit and explain to him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anything you want to add to that? That pretty much covers it. I mean, he um, probably is limited to equipment there. And, you know, if you're just doing bicep curls with 10, even if you do three sets of 10 and, you know, do them perfectly, eventually we got to go up and wait and we've got to start changing things up or it's just not going to work, right? Yeah, but I guess, like you said, there's also going to be like um – like if he's using the same weight, which I'm sure he is, uh, there's going to be the point is there's probably very little on the intensity side no. either, at least on the effort intensity side. Like the swings might feel intense, but like you said, the curls, it's probably three sets of 10 done quite easy. No. And uh, one of the things you can do actually to do this, this is actually, I'm going to be doing a reel on this next week on my own um, Instagram, is, is a little challenge to people. Say so Next time you go to the gym and you're doing your, let's just say you're doing 12 reps, right? Do your first warm up, do, do you get on the bench press and do your first set of 12 in the racket take your minute minute and a half but then on your next set okay on set number two i don't want you to stop at 12 i want you to keep going and just see just for fun how many can you actually do on your second set because if you're going 16 17 18 then i got news for you buddy 
that wasn't your 12 rep max, mm-hmm. right? That was not. That, you were only working with a 20 rep max. You're just doing it 12 times. So that's what I tried even doing last week for myself. I noticed I kind of caught myself doing the same thing on seated rows. And I went, you know what? I wonder what would happen if I just, I I'd literally moved the pin down two pins. I'm like, I wonder what would happen if I did it. And I was, and I hit my eight reps, but it was a hard eight. But I was like, okay, that was my second set, and I still hit eight on this. In other words, I've been fucking around and wasting my time on these the, the, my supposed 12s, which are really not. Those are probably my 16s, and I was only doing them for 12s. So that's one thing you could do is go in there on an exercise that's safe, you know, with spotter arms or a bicep curls or anything. Challenge yourself to do more reps on your first or second sets and decide and say, you know what, is this actually my 12 or not, or your eight or not? Because I guarantee you, for the most part, most of you, it probably actually isn't. Hmm. Let's talk about, that's going to be a fun one. Let's talk about what we think are some of the most overrated, uh, useless, or commonly seen exercises that you could be doing a different exercise and getting more out of it. So commonly overrated exercises. Useless is a little harsh. Yeah, yeah. Nothing's technically useless, but there are ones. We're going to get some hate mail for that one. There are. But there are ones that, you know, you could do quite a bit. And, you know, there's a good chance that they're going to setting you up for like a behind the neck shoulder press, for example. Hmm. Right? That is, now I've done them sometimes, but it's just, it's not a exercise that feels good, really. It's your shoulders in a very awkward position. The bar is coming down behind your neck. And the truth is you're setting yourself up for a shoulder impingement on doing that. Um, there'll be people say, oh, well, I feel it in my, you know, my delts a bit more and everything. And this guy does it and he's amazing. And I'm sure there's stories with that all the time, right? There's just like the, uh, the nutrition. Oh, this guy eats McDonald's, but he has an eight pack. But that is the rare exception. So we got to go with general. Yeah. Overall, I would say, you know, um, when it comes to exercises that are, that have a high level of risk with probably not more, if any more reward, I would say behind the neck shoulder press is probably one of them. That risk to reward ratio is key, right? Because mm. if you're looking to do this for the long term, you know, injuries are going to be a killer. So you got to very, you know, be very limited and be cautious on what you're going to do when you actually get here. Yeah. So that I would you agree that should be one on there? Yeah, it'd be on there uh, for sure. I'm not sure where it'd rank, but yeah. What be about behind the neck pull downs? Yeah, it got a bad rap, I think, because people were trying to, you know, hit their vertebrae and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think it can be done I, I'll safely. I'll be honest, I do them. To, I do them quite to, often. Yeah, they can be done safely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the other thing people were saying was the uh, their neck was going so forward with the motion, well, putting, right? yeah, put tra- you know, a lot of pressure on the neck and traps was the thing. Uh, I think they could, just like the behind the head shoulder press, I think it can be done safely. Um, but yeah, I think there's better choices choices for both of them what about what so let's give you an exercise i've, I've listed two uh it's definitely i think the side bend uh i see a lot of people doing that one uh you look at your side obliques 
uh, they're getting, come in on that diagonal. So I think it just really, you know, thickens up the waist more than anything by uh, doing that. Um, I know for me personally, uh, deadlifting so much and so often all over the years, uh, my waistline is definitely a lot thicker than uh, the majority of people just because uh, the amount of uh, reps and strain and all that kind of stuff, and my body's adapted to it. So I think, you know, if you're looking to be, you know, a power lifter, then maybe that's a good thing. Um, but I think a lot of people are looking to do that, looking to have thin waist or just looking to have, you know, aesthetics with the obliques there. But I don't I don't think that hits the obliques very well at all. No, and it doesn't feel very good on the spine either. No, I think the spine's not. really made to shift laterally like that with a lot of weight, like yeah. you said. So let's then talk about, so we'll get back to it, but I don't want to leave everybody with just a bunch of exercises. That, so let's see, behind the neck shoulder press, two better options, in my opinion, are obviously in front of the, you know, face shoulder press mm-hmm. or even off to the side. I think dumbbell shoulder presses, dumbbell overhead presses are personally one of my favorite. You yeah. can kind of get the elbows to come up a little bit, but you can kind of position and fool around where, where you feel the best. Yeah. Um, so that would be it. Those are two alternatives to that. Alternative to the lat pull down, of course, behind the neck is just a front, you know, neck pull down or make sure you know you are doing it correctly keeping your head neutral and that bar really just kind of should be glazing the back of your hair you shouldn't be popping your head forward you know mm-hmm. pushing your chin down to make it through. it should just be coming coming down and touching and only again going to where it feels good if, it's, if you pull it down too far and it starts to feel a little awkward yeah. stop it and then of course you got pull-ups and chin-ups Great alternatives. Um, and then for yours, you had mentioned the side bends, but basically wood choppers. Probably anything mm-hmm. that's a more diagonal rotational movement where you can really suck in the spine and really get some movement through the Or obliques. even just the uh, traditional side plank. I know it's there just as simple as possible, right? But um, yeah, I actually did a reel with uh, a bunch of out-of-the-box ab exercises mm. there so check that out on my instagram but um yeah you can definitely um there's all different options with that you can do so yeah um yeah just another be- one would be the high pull you know a high pull basically the high pull is where you're pulling the bar up like this you know like kind of like a scarecrow yeah the thing is though if you go to most physiotherapists and there you have a shoulder impingement they usually ask you to perform that movement like with an empty hand to see where the pain is mm-hmm. so it that exact Movement pattern is the exact pattern that physiotherapists use to see where you have injury in your shoulder. So it doesn't really make sense to put that that same motion with a load. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so again, what's going to be a better option, in my opinion, is shrugs done properly. Now, saying that, another useless exercise, in my opinion, is the circular shrugs. Right, where you haven't seen those in a long time. Oh, you'll see. Well, it's because you don't go into a lot of the normal gyms. <laughs> you got, you see, you're in a, you're in an athletic gym like here. Walk into a, walk into a, the fitness world, and you'll see. I find it. I don't, I don't see too many shrugs going on uh, just in general. Very, for some very reason, few actually yeah. in general. Yeah, I think people have kind of. We got to bring it back, man. Yeah. So the two, the two things you'll see a lot with shrugs um, that again ruin the shrug is what I call the lazy shrug, and that is literally just the shoulders sunken forward. You'll see, especially with the younger guys. And I was watching one last week. I, I really wanted to go talk to him. Just like just stop it, mm-hmm. just stop and smack him. But you know, shoulders forward in that bad posture position, and then just kind of you know shrugging up. And I was like, wow, that's you're just reinforcing a terrible position already. Mm-hmm. Or the big circles, they come up. They rotate back, click, 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 snap back, snap back, four, uh, click, 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 click. Just what a way to mess up your shoulder. <laughs> so, you know, proper 
shrugs, right? Shoulders locked back, chest out. Your arms, your hands should almost be slightly behind you. Mm-hmm. Like they should not be in your front pockets, but almost like you're trying to reach for your back pockets. That's where you want to be. Yeah. So that's another one is the uh, the 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 high pull. Um, how about the uh, the old um, rotator cuff dumbbell? Yeah, when it's standing, um, and you're yeah, just holding the dumbbell that, at the 90 degree that, angle. You got to be on your side if you're going to be doing that one. <laughs> uh, I think uh, that was proven years ago, and I don't think too many people are doing that, at least uh, the educated ones. Or, uh, you know, that, well, I mean, the educated ones, no, but you see it a lot. Oh, I, yeah. I see it almost every saying. day in yeah. this world. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, or using, um, it's because it's all about you're trying to stretch, you're trying to strengthen the shoulder there, but. Your the gravity's pushing down, so you're not putting any stress on the shoulder, right? You're just putting stress on the bicep. Like if you even stress because it's like five pounds, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not doing anything. So now if you want to do that exact thing standing, a cable. A cable or a band, right? Where the tension is going to be horizontal, not vertical. Or like he said, lying on your side and doing it. But to be honest, I'd rather just grab a cable or a band and just go for it. You don't have to bother lying on your side yeah. or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So those are a few. Um, anything else? I mean, leg extension definitely got a, a bad rap for a little while there, but now I think it's uh, people are okay with it again. But uh, you know, I'll give it another five years, I think it'll say it's worst things for your knees. So it depends who you talk to. Yeah. <laughs> now here's the one that's kind of controversial, and I'll be honest, I kind of like it is kipping pull-ups. Now kipping pull-ups is you know you do those in CrossFit, and I'll say this: they are extremely overrated because they get taught to people who can't do pull-ups so it's kind of like oh if you can't do pull-ups here learn let's learn how to kip and you can cheat that's no good so for instance i was teaching kipping pull-ups yesterday right but the kipping pull-up like i tell people it is a cardio style pull-up that's what it's meant to be like yesterday we had a workout where you had to do five rounds of 20 pull-ups okay you people are not going to be able to do those not very many people anyways will be able to do those strict right 20 20 pull-ups in a row for five rounds Right, but if you learn how to kip and you learn how to kip properly, because one of the things about kipping too is like you know a lot of people they don't have the sh- good shoulder stability and strength, so they kind of do end up pushing too far forward and putting a lot of tension on the shoulder. But if you know how to control it, you know how to do it well. It is an exercise. Like if you're pushing yourself back from the bar, you're not letting your chest go too far forward, so you're not putting a lot of strain on the shoulder. Kipping is is. Not a bad exercise, providing you know how to do it correctly and you know how to control it. But it is, it is a, a it's a cardio pull up. It's not a strength pull up. So, so quite Be often, honest I'll with even, you, I've never done one in my life. Yeah, I've never done one. So, but like, uh, you know, like, but but it is what it is. It's like when you're doing a cardio and it's like a high rep thing, and we want to throw some pull ups in there. I, I like to include them. But I had a rule yesterday, and it was that if you couldn't do 10 strict pull-ups, then you weren't allowed to join me in the kipping practice. Mm. And what they did is the people who couldn't do 10 pull-ups, they had to go work on different different variations of pull-ups. Like we have some people, it's just like doing – some people are just on the isometric part. Some people are doing the eccentric. Some people are doing self-spotting. But we that's kind of the rule I have when it comes to kipping. Um, any other exercises you got? I think those are pretty good. Top five right there, maybe. I'm sure we're missing some, so oh, you know, sure definitely uh, you know, comment for us. So send us some some messages. We'd like to know what else you got there. 
Yeah, let us know. And if you're on our Instagram too, you can always jump on there and let us know as well. Um, but yeah, it's all you're always good to throw it down there and let us know. That'll be fun. Yeah, so probably the best place to let us know actually would be on Instagram through the Essentials of yeah, Athletics. For yeah, for sure. Maybe I'll do a post called, uh, maybe I'll put a post with a question mark, something yeah, like uh, the, the... Let's get the conversation going. Yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's have a little bit of fun with that. Um, so that's it. I think I think that's pretty good for today's podcast, eh? All right. Yeah, I think Perfect. that's everything we got, guys. So again, um, we're coming to you from the Essentials of Athletics Gym in Vancouver, Burnaby. Oh, sorry, Vancouver, Burnaby. Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, where we do small group training uh, using a periodized method, saying that we do have some strictly cardio classes and some strictly just more just some fun classes too that mix it up a bit. But you do get primarily enrolled in the EOA program, which is a strength and conditioning program. Now, one of the beautiful things about this gym is unlike most group training gyms, like F45, you can only do F45, right? CrossFit's for the most part, you can only do CrossFit. Now, some of them will say, people argue, and some will say some of them, though they do have open gym times and stuff like that. Grant, some do, many don't. Uh, and then Orange Theory, you just do Orange Theory. Here, you have complete open gym access all the time. So not just sometimes, it's not just between classes. You can be in your classes and then the days you're not in classes or you talk to us and we give you a program, you can come in here anytime you want and you can do it. So one of the benefits of our membership here is not only do you get all the classes and all the Explore programs, you also do get use of the open gym so you can continue your program and add on top of it the things that we don't do in classes. Besides that, of course, personal training as well. Very big here. We're huge on personal training and just lots of fun stuff. So again, that is in Vancouver, Canada. So if you happen to be in the area, make sure to check us out there. And you can also follow myself on Instagram at Roar, that's R-O-R, Alexander. And where can they find you, Adam? The Fit Body Maker, Adam Colorado. There you go. And you're uh, primarily on Instagram, correct? Instagram, yep. There we go. All right, guys. Until next time, we are help, we're here to help you get stronger in the gym to live better outside the gym. Have a great day, guys.